and the New York Jets once again, non-participants in this year's postseason play, but some exciting games, some blowouts, not so much. Uh, there were some letdowns, but more importantly, the Senior Bowl is coming. Jeff Albrick has been named the head coach for one of the clubs, which is very exciting there. We're going to discuss Senior Bowl prospects today, along with Jets free agents, pending free agents. Um, who do you keep? Who do you let go? Myself and Chris Schubert to cover that and more tonight. Chris, how are we doing? What's up, Glenn? Uh, you know, exciting times. Jeff Holbrook named to the Senior Bowl coaching staff, which is, I think, a big win for him personally. I mean, this yep. is a audition. This is a stage for him to show to the world uh, what kind of coach he can be, how he runs a practice. You know that teams and GMs and scouts are going to be paying attention to that. So it's a big it's a big deal for him. I joked with a friend who messaged me and shared the information with me. I said, oh, they took the one good Jets coach to be there down in Mobile. Uh, to, to coach up. But yeah, excited for Jeff. It's a huge opportunity. We saw the impact that it had for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas that the Jets were the coaching staff a couple of years ago. A lot of their draft picks that year came from Mobile. So it has an impact. So very excited for Jeff and excited for you that you're going to get to see uh, Jeff Holbrook there uh, in Mobile. Yeah, I heard um I heard they were they were think they they were going to bring Nate Hackett, but then all the offensive players opted out, so they had to go in another direction. Tell Hackett, thanks, but no thanks. We would like some offensive players to show up this year. And uh, and they're going with Ulbrich. So, yeah, like you said, big opportunity for him and and big opportunity for the Jets to hopefully give them that little bit of an edge to to maybe find some late-round defenders because you would imagine most of the early picks will be offense, um, but they still have to find some defenders. They're going to have those comp picks coming and any additional picks that come in, you know, via trade between now and then. Um, real quick, real quick question. Not, not well, somewhat Jets related. I, I, yeah. I, I struggle with this sometimes. Um, dumb people on Twitter. Do you block them? Do I block them? Do I block dumb people on Twitter? Do you block um, people I, on this, Twitter who say dumb things? This feels like you're baiting me with this question. It feels no, like no, this is, no. I, this is a leading I, I, question. I, I'm, I'm, I've never done it. I've always felt like, look, if you're going to be on the platform, you got to have thick skin. You got to take what comes. But sometimes people really do just waste your time with dumb stuff. And I'm like, am I giving this person too much leeway by not just? Yeah, so I un I understand the perspective. I understand the point. I have never physically blocked anybody on Twitter. I've never gotten to that uh, extent. And I will tell you, there are times where I have back, back and forth with people. And it mm -hmm. gets to a place where I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere with you. This is not a productive conversation. Right. And I just kind of... I Irish could buy it, right? I just kind of just slowly just walk away from the situation and I can just kind of remove myself from it. I have never been brought to a place uh, of needing uh, to block people for a couple of reasons. One, no one has ever personally attacked me. I think if you did that, if you attacked me or my family, then you're I I'm going to block you. But no one's ever done that. Right. Uh, and two, like, I don't know. I, I put myself out there on this show and the radio show that I do and other media stuff that I've done, podcasts that I posted. So like, I feel like I'm in a position where I'm putting myself out there. If people want to have the discourse, they want to have the back and forth. Most of the time, as long as we keep it relatively, you know, peaceful and cordial, I'll have a discourse with people. And very rarely for me, this reach a level of, of hitting the, the block button. Yeah, I've, I never have. But every now and then, I why see are you going to block me? Are you blocking me on Twitter? Is this your way of telling oh, me? I already that... did that. That okay, you're the okay. exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very awkward conversation. Yeah, uh, somebody, tough. I'm thinking about blocking Chris. Um, yeah, uh, no, it was just a thought because, like I said, I've always been big on, like, if you're going to be on the platform, you got to have <laughs> thick skin. But then I'm like, it's not about thick skin as much as, like, you're just an annoying person and not bringing anything to the table. So, you know, I, just a thought, just just a sure. question, random sure. question. Um, So let's touch on the playoff games real quick. Uh, a lot of blowouts. Um, My biggest takeaway was uh, how frustrating it was to watch quarterbacks roll out you know, roll out of the pocket, create a little room, make throws down the field, something the Jets don't do. Um, but really some 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 fun games. I mean, listen, some of these teams made the playoffs and the Jets didn't. But as a Jets fan, do I want to see the Dolphins get embarrassed? Absolutely. I, I absolutely want to see that happen to Miami. Um the Bills I don't I don't have as much of an issue with. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think growing up in the eighties when Marino was such a big deal, and every year you heard about how this is the year we're going to win it. Marino is going to get us the ring um, again and again, and it never happened. But what were your thoughts on the games? I thought Baker Mayfield, good for him. Yeah. If I'm Philly, yeah. I'm thinking about, do I need a new head coach? Um, the Packers, I mean, hung 48 on Dallas. That's crazy. Mike McCarthy apparently coming back. How we yeah, doing, Wild Wave? Good to see you. Um, and the Lions, congrats to them and their fans. 
Yeah, so I'll go through I'll go through a bunch. What's up, Wild Wave? Hope you're having a good night. I, there's a lot of takeaways that you can definitely have uh, from from the weekend that was. Um, the Packers offense looks legit. Jordan Love looks like he's coming into his own. Dare I say the offense has looked better than it did in Aaron Rodgers last year there in Green Bay. That young receiving core, they're the youngest roster in all of football. Uh, they're playing on just a, a next level. They have a great offensive mind that's getting the most out of the team and the system. And so you just you give you give credit to to them and what they've been able to do with Philadelphia. You mentioned a coaching change. I wonder if, and it's probably too small of a sample size, but I'll be the guy that brings it up. Maybe giving the contract to Jalen Hurts occurred one season too early because he does not look like the player that got two hundred and fifty plus million dollars. Now, yes, I know he was hurt and he was banged up, but I don't think the one in six stretch down the down the latter part of the season is directly one hundred percent related to Jalen Hurts being banged up. I mean, he went out there and played. You can't tell me that he doesn't give them a better sh uh, chance to win than Marcus Mariota. So something's wrong. Something's broken. I think it's leadership-wise. I think it's culture-wise. And so I got a lot of questions there uh, in Philadelphia. Surprised that Dallas isn't making a coaching change and sticking with Mike McCarthy? I mean, to me, that team has a ceiling, and they have a ceiling because of who their quarterback is. Dak Prescott is never going to win them a big game. And, you know, everybody can say, oh, don't just give it another chance. Give, give them another year. Guess what? I don't care if the Dallas Cowboys go 17-0 in the regular season. I don't care if they put the New England Patriots team that went 17 or 16-0 in the regular season to shame with the numbers that they put up on a regular basis. I don't care. Until Dak Prescott, in a big moment, wins a big playoff game, home, on the road, San Francisco, Green Bay, you name the team. Until that happens, the, the Dallas Cowboys are capital letter frauds. They just are. Uh, so those are some of my early takeaways. I think this weekend's going to be really interesting. I think you've got a couple of games, um, and the spreads kind of indicate this. You've got some 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 teams that are very heavily favored, close to a touchdown plus favored uh, in their contest, and only one game, and it's the game that you would anticipate it being, being the, the game that Vegas thinks is going to be close, and it's Chiefs-Bills. Everything else kind of feels like one team should be able to handle business, but it's the NFL playoffs, and so we'll, we'll see what happens. But it was a lot of fun last weekend, even though the games maybe necessarily weren't entertaining. The storylines that we got from them were, I think, the big takeaway. Yeah, I think with Dallas, the biggest surprise to me is um, keeping McCarthy around after the way they lost. I know they put up some points late to make it look close, but they got their doors blown off, and they had high expectations. So that's why I thought he would go. But anyway, enough about uh, – teams not called the new york jets shout out to our guy dylan by the way who just messaged the two of us in our group text and said jeff olbrook is going to be the head coach for the national team yeah after you had already put it in our group text like 20 minutes ago shout out to our guy shout out to our he's probably he's probably he's busy. he's busy no now. i know but shout out to our guy <laughs> yeah absolutely um so let's see real quick no let's get rid of that and i'm trying to find the except here we go the accepted invites. Yeah. If you see me looking down points. during this segment, it's because I have the accepted invites on my little monitor down here. Yeah, and I, you know, we don't have to do every player. We can. My thought was just, you know, what this is a lot for fans for for fans who don't have the time yeah. to invest to be as familiar with some of these guys as we might be. We're not going to sit here and give a scouting report on eighty six different players. We'll scroll through, pick some names of guys that have jumped out at us, and and players we're 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 going to be watching. And actually, I'll start off, Chris, because. The, the number one guy on the list, um, Johnny Dixon, cornerback out of Penn State. Um, just watched Penn State a few days ago. He was all over the field. Uh, had a few PBUs, was in. And I watched him against Ohio State. Had some good reps against Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and a guy who, you know, I, I look at some of these smaller guys who, who might have, excuse me, who might have some ability to play the slot because we don't know Michael Carter's in the last year of his deal, um, what's going to happen there. And, some, I like some of the slot guys who can play on the outside a little bit too, because as we saw and as we know, you can never really have enough depth there. So uh, Johnny Dixon to me for the DBs is uh, is the first first name on the list and and one that I think that um, Jets fans should be keeping an eye on a mobile. Um, who do you have? Who's your who's who's up for you, Glenn? Why would why would the Jets need to be looking at a corner? Well, I mean they've got DJ Reed, they've got Michael Carter, they've got Sauce Gardner. Why would they ever need to? Not I understand the point. Rich Smini even mentioned the fact that maybe DJ Reed or Michael Carter could be out right. this season. Uh, to recoup some draft capital. I'll give you two names at the wide receiver position. And I, I think what I love the most, and, and let me just explain to everybody, we've listen, if there's one thing that we've covered on this show extensively with, with Glenn, Dylan, and myself, we love this part of the process, right? This part of team building is something that the three of us love. And so we've talked about the way the senior bowl operates. There's nothing better than going to the senior bowl, 
watching a practice and coming away loving a guy that you went into the day not expecting to watch. Like you're just watching one-on-ones or a practice and you're like, who's that guy? And you look at your roster and you're like, oh, okay. And then that's your guy the rest of the week. It was Ivan Pace. It was, it was, um, it was Julius Brents. It was John Michael Schmitz. Like I had those guys that you just come away and you're like, wow, I love watching those two guys play. I'll give you two names of, of players that I think could reach that tier uh, down in Mobile at the wide receiver position. Tez Walker out of North Carolina is a guy that you should be paying attention to. Absolutely. Don't know if he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna get that first round buzz. But you want to talk about a day two wide receiver that I think uh, the Jets could be interested in? That would be a name to throw out there. And from the University of Arizona, uh, Jacob Cowing is another name that I'll throw out there. Those are two players that I'll be keeping my on to keeping my eye on to see if they can have a good week. Because Glenn, I think, and we haven't talked specifically about this position, so I'd love to get your thoughts. There's the big group at the top, headlined by Marvin Harrison Jr. Obviously. And then there's this murky middle where there's a lot of guys, and I don't know if anyone has done enough to separate themselves. But guess what? When there's nothing going on in football other than the Senior Bowl, there's an opportunity to separate yourself and make a lot of money. So Tez Walker and Jacob Cowing would be two, two players that I think could be in a position to separate themselves. Yeah, Cowing was a guy... Um... Since we had higher expectations for the Jets this year, we didn't really do it. But last year for our show, every week we gave names of a few players during the week to watch college players-wise. Um, and Cowing was one of my guys, having watched him the year before. Um, just r- really Chris Brown's great hands. Guy has fantastic hands um, at Arizona. Um, Tez Walker, he's a guy, you know, at UNC, it looked like he wasn't going to get to play. NCAA, field, yeah. was, that was really weird situation. Um, where it looked like they weren't going to let him play. They reversed course. Um, but the receivers, the guy who I like, who's um, admittedly he's better than I thought. So, sometimes I have, I don't know if bias is the right word, but when a guy plays for like a major powerhouse program. I know who you're going to say, I think. I, I think I know who I you're going to say. I think, all right, well, he, he he's surrounded by so much talent. Is he really that good? And maybe don't I don't watch as closely. But over the, you know, over the final five, six weeks of the season, I watched quite a bit of Ladd McConkey yeah. and I was like, this dude, this dude can ball. Like I, he is, I mean, I, like I said, I was, I was wrong on him. He is way better than I thought he was. So I'm looking forward to watching him. Ricky Pearsall out of Florida it was such, it was a name I was about to invoke. I loved a lot of Ricky Pearsall two years ago. I yes, loved a lot of what I saw from him on tape. And so he's a guy that I'm really interested in. And think about this, Glenn, you and I just named what four or five wide receivers. It's a deep class. Johnny Wilson's name didn't come out of our na- our mouths, and he is going to be in Mobile. I, that's not to say that like Johnny Wilson is, is somebody that we forgot about. It's just this group is so deep, and Johnny Wilson is going to be in conversations to be drafted very high in this and draft I, class, and we didn't get to him. And I, I like Johnny Wilson. His name actually just came up on the – I put the, the link to the show on the message boards at Jet Nation, and uh, Johnny Wilson was one of the first names that was mentioned along with, with Tez. But – um and and I'm not saying I don't like Johnny Wilson. He's such a, a physical freak, a specimen, yeah. like what he could bring with his his set of tools. The drops worried me this year, so I kind of yeah. soured on him a little. That's where I wouldn't take him, and that's what I said in the message board. I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't draft the guy, but coming into the year, I thought much, much higher. I saw seven or eight drops from him this year, and as I'm watching the same thing with uh, Alan Lazard, I'm like, do we, do we want another yeah. guy who has this type of issues? But be, if the drops hurt him, and if you can get him middle late, I think absolutely he can be a, a obviously a threat in the red zone. There are people that say he'll make the move to tight end, but I think he has the feet to stay at receiver. So I don't think that's a I don't think that's a given. Uh, do you want to talk about quarterbacks? Because I've got two names that I'd like to talk about with everybody. Yeah, go right ahead. And they're not named Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr. Let's go get let's get those two guys out of the way, right? They're going to be there. Jim Nagy had some be watching. Jim Nagy had some fun on Twitter. Said, should we go Bo Nix, Michael Penix three? Should we have them on the same team? I lo- Jim's the best. Um, he does a great job promoting the game, does a great job putting these rosters together. There's nobody who knows ball and can talk about these players better than Jim. It's just, it's so much fun to be around him. Uh, so he was having some fun with it. I'll give you two names outside of the, the two, the big two that I'm really intrigued to watch. And listen, I'm carving out an Island for myself with this guy. And there are other people in this space that are on the Island. So I'm not saying I'm alone here, but I'm just saying I'm also carving out this space. Tulane's Michael Pratt is a guy that I am very excited to see down in Mobile to see what he's able to do against some of these other big-time quarterbacks with a week of coaching, with a week of practice. I think this guy, when I watch him, and I'm, I'm not fully done with uh, going through the 2022 tape that I could get my hands on. I'm about a game and a half in of watching Michael Pratt. 
He reminds me a lot the way that he's built, the way that he runs, the way that he, you know, I think is a gamer. Reminds me a lot of 2021 Will Levis at Kentucky. Reminds me a lot of the way that Will Levis carries himself on a football field. So that's a big one. And the other name I'll throw out for you. This was a guy that was talked about as a top recruit. This was a guy that was supposed to be bringing Oklahoma back to prominence. This was a guy that was in mock drafts going number one overall. And then he quietly transferred and quietly has gotten better and better. Stayed in school last year after everybody thought he was going to come out in the draft. Keep an eye on Spencer Rattler out of South Carolina, folks. This is a guy that could rise and be one of those hot, trendy names on day two of the draft if he's able to stack together a good week, meet with teams, combine, invite, all that kind of stuff. So Spencer Rattler's another name that I'll throw out there. Yeah, I can't recall which game it was, but there was a point this season where I tweeted out, um, I, and I was only about two and a half quarters into a game. It was it was a Saturday. I was, it was a game I was watching live. And I think I tweeted out saying, like, this is the best Spencer Rattler's ever looked. Like, And I, I think I put it as a question, like, does everyone think this is a fluke or is this a legitimate thing? Because is- this is the best version of him I've ever seen. Um, I, You know, he came out with all the hype and he didn't live up to it early. And I was like, oh, what's all the talk with this kid? Had a this bad attitude to put it together a little more. He had a bad attitude too at Oklahoma, which kind of did him in. And I think he was been humbled by the process and went to South Carolina and just stacked progress. Like, yeah. that's what it was, guys. Like, he he stacked progress. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Spencer Rattler is going to be a pro bowler and is going to be a franchise quarterback that you can build around. But I wonder if he stacks a good week together, if he's a guy that a team's going to look at and say, this kid is just stacked progress year after year after year. He's faced some adversity. We get him in our building with our coaching staff that we can get the most out of this kid. I would not be surprised. Listen, I, I'll say it. He's not, you know, the, the guy that I'll compare him to went number one overall, but he could have a similar uh, career trajectory to Baker Mayfield another Oklahoma quarterback, but like faced his adversity in college where Baker kind of faced his adversity being kicked to the curb by Cleveland. But I I think Spencer Rattler could be that kind of quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, uh, real quick in the chat, Alon Avital. um, Well, because Wild Wave asked, could DJ Reed be moved for a second um, if the Jets do move him? I don't think he'd get a two. I think you might get a three for DJ Reed. High-level starting corner, low salary, but one year left on his deal, so someone's going to have to pay him. Um. And I, I did Jake Asman's show today. Good time. Thanks. Thanks to Jake for that. Oh, you went on you went on with Jake's show. Yeah, I went on with Jake. Uh we talked, uh, we talked. Guess what we talked about, Chris? What you talk about the Jets? Brock Bowers. You talked about Brock Bowers. So, <laughs> so uh little inside baseball. Uh Jake and I crossed paths. Uh, we worked for a national radio station. He was doing a show, and I was on another show on that okay. same network. So Jake and I uh have, you know, our 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 friends. Uh, we've communicated. We were at the, the draft in Nashville together. Uh, okay. You know, so so yeah. So Jake and I go way back, and so uh, very very cool to see Jake having the success that he has had. Yeah. Uh, very yeah, he's, he's doing. He's really yeah. blowing up. And it was fun he's, doing he's the awesome. show today. Um, so Alon is asking, or Alon's asking. Um, let's see. Today I that I said me the Jets should trade a twenty twenty five to jump back into the bottom of the round one for an OT six or seven. He Alon says he would trade up. To get Joe Walt, the Jets they can't. What, what are you giving up a three, and then you're gonna pick? You're gonna have a one, and then nothing till four. I mean, there could be some other moves, but I can't see them trading up. Just they don't have the resources to trade up. Um, in Folks, my there there is nothing. There are there are two things in this draft process that my good friend Glenn loves more than anything: Brock Bowers and the New York Jets trading their 2025 first round pick. Because they there have is... to happen together. Because Bowers <laughs> comes in. I don't know that I can take Bowers if I'm not getting another one to take. Because you've got to get a tackle. There is nothing so you love I've more get that than tackle those two if I'm, if I'm If I'm taking Bowers. Can we talk about it? So I'll use this as a perfect segue. I've got two offensive line names I'd like to throw at you. Go okay? ahead. Let's hear them. Graham Barton out of Duke. And I'll give Jets fans. There are certain people that are starting to throw this name out there. I know Connor Rogers is on this name. I'm gonna. I'm also going to throw this name out there. Start paying attention to Lisi Fuanga from Oregon State. Just start paying attention. Just start paying I, attention. I, I put him out there about five, six weeks ago. Because he could be the because he could be the pick at ten. He could be the pick at ten. He he could be. I I I wouldn't be against it. Um, and we we talked about that today on Jake's show, and and I've said it before. I think I think Cooper they would prefer somebody with a little bit more left right flexibility, and I don't, I don't know that he has that. But if he's to pick it at 10, I would have no issue with that. He's a, he's a, a, a mauler. He, he's sort of the nasty tone setter type. Um, and I would have no issue with that. Let's see. I want to talk about, uh, I mean, this guy won't. Cooper Beebe is going to be. I just, said, I just said his name under my breath. I'm scrolling through the list while you were talking. I'm like, oh, Cooper Beebe. Forgot about him. 
Yeah, he's he's going to go he's going to go sort of late round 1 where the Jets aren't going to have a pick and if they do You know who's it, You know who's an interesting player that I think that that I don't know if the Jets will be in on this guy, but he's just a name to throw out there. Patrick Paul out of Houston is another guy that maybe I think him, he does play both sides if I'm not he, mistaken. He's a guy that that, ability. that you should shortlist Cedric Van Pran's probably another guy yes. to keep an eye on. Like there yes. are some, there are some dudes. There are some dudes. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go with Christian Haynes out of UConn. Um, full disclosure, didn't watch him till this week. I, you know, I've heard his name a few times, but he's a UConn guy. There's not a ton of UConn uh, film, whether it's you know through Caddy, you know, or or just going on YouTube and looking for games. <clears throat> Pardon me, a little bit of a cold here, but uh, I yeah, watched him yesterday, and he uh, another one. Um, nasty mauler on the inside, powerful as hell. Um, you know, a few plays where UConn had a, a third and short, third and one or two, and they just run right behind him, and he opens up a hole. So getting the opportunity to see him in Mobile against some of the other top linemen in the country, D linemen is going to be um, is going to be a really good opportunity. Elon says, and this guy, I mean, he won't be there because of the injury, but Zach Zinter, if he falls and you have a chance to grab him because of that injury, I'm taking him. It reminds who was the kid last year the Vikings took? Um, the, the guy the Vikings took. Give me a school. The, the Viking that the Vikings took. He hurt his knee at the combine. I like them. We have so I have so many linemen in my head right now. I'm I'm, I'm tripping up. I I will tell USC, you. You said uh, Voorhees. Voorhees. Andrew Voorhees. You said Vikings, and you know where my brain immediately went. Yeah, you thought you were thinking Pace probably. Yeah, right. Just I just did that 2023 draft class for the Vikings undrafted free agent Ivan Pace is where my brain goes. That's that's what triggers. Yeah, yeah. But Voorhees was a guy who fell because he got injured at the combine, and I think he's going to be a high level starter. They ended up getting him in the in the that's, seventh round, I believe. That's right, because the joke was they just took all of the good players on USC because they took Jordan Addison, they took Makai Blackman, and then they took um, and they took Voorhees. They just took all yeah. the good players. From, so it from looks like, USC. So, so Minnesota's taking all the USC players while the Eagles are taking all the Georgia players. So I, I'll say this, right? Because because Elon says, but he's an inside guy talking about Barton. The New York Jets are not in a position to be picky about who they select. I will continue to say this until I'm blue in the face, until the color of my face matches the blue on my hat tonight. The New York Jets have one and a half good offensive linemen. They have Joe Tipman and the healthy version of Elijah Vera Tucker. Other than that, there is nothing that the New York Jets can put stock into. They need two interior players, and they need two tackles. That's what they need. So if the, the New York Jets, I, we, we used to say this all the time here on the show, draft good players, right? It was my motto when I, when I worked at TDN, draft good players. The Jets need to draft good offensive linemen. I don't care what position you play, draft good offensive linemen in the 2024 NFL draft. Sign good offensive linemen. Acquire good offensive linemen needs to be the motto for the New York Jets in 2024. Signing them is going to be tough because there aren't many good ones. And we, we've talked about this, and there's another thing that came up earlier on Jake's show was this this stuff with Keith Carter and the players not liking him and making fun of him on Twitter from Taylor Luan to 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 Brees Hall and Makai Becton players talk and they if this many guys dislike playing for the guy and you're a free agent in demand why are you going to go to a place where your 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 uh you know your fellow linemen are, are calling you and texting you saying hey man if you can go play for someone else go do that cuz because that guy's not the not the one you want to be working under. Can I can I continue the the show and, and give another name at a totally different position? Go right ahead. For for those of you who enjoy what we do here and maybe aren't in the weeds as much as Glenn Dillon and I are, there are times where you're watching a team and you notice a player and then you're like, who is that guy? And you look up and you're like, damn, they're a freshman. Damn, they're a sophomore. You yep. just have to wait a couple of years. I'll give you a name. Brandon Dorless out of Oregon is a guy last year I thought, holy smokes. Could this guy be a player at the next level? So that is just one of those guys that you file away and you go, maybe this this guy could be something. And and listen, Glenn, you you go to the Senior Bowl, you get an invite to the Senior Bowl, you're a top 150 player. Yes. Like you're getting selected in the you're top going, 150. You're, you're going to be in the NFL. You're going to be in the NFL, and more than likely, you're going to have an impact in year one, most cases. So you have like a lot of guys here, pay attention. For wide receivers, fantasy people, pay attention. Running backs, pay attention. Like this is, there are players here that are going to be starters and impact players immediately for for teams in twenty twenty four. And and as much as Jets fans may not want to hear it, um, they need some help on the interior defense. And I'm looking at a guy like Tavondre Sweat or McKinley Jackson. Like McKinley Jackson's the guy. Watching him last year, I'm like, please tell me this guy's coming out. 
And, right. he, you know, he wasn't eligible yet. He's coming out this year. Smaller guy, but still just a, a playmaker, a game wrecker in the middle. See, and Tavondre Sweat even more so. Tavondre Sweat much bigger, much stronger. I would take either guy happily if you could get them, if they get a second-round pick somehow, be it a Bryce Huff trade or whatever it may be. I'll tell you what my fear is, right? My fear is somebody that we like, that we like, because the Jets only have a first and a third right now. So you're either going to have the Jets draft one of the top guys who maybe isn't at the Senior Bowl, or they're going to have to hope one of these guys gets to them in round three, right? The problem is there could be one of these guys that the Jets love that we love, and they go and they ball out because we love them and we think they're going to be really good. And they have the, not to this level, but they, they pull a Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson went to the Senior Bowl and made the entire week about Jermaine Johnson. Like, that was it. Nobody else mattered other than Jermaine Johnson. I couldn't remember it was my first senior bowl. Jermaine Johnson's practice was over. The next practice, we would spend the entire time talking about what Jermaine Johnson did that day. You would be passing by people, saying hello, catching up. Question, did you see what Jermaine Johnson did today? That was it. It was over. He was going to be a first-round pick. It was a lock leaving Mobile. So this is what happens. Players who go and they show up and they thrive and they succeed in this type of environment, they make themselves a lot of money. They talk themselves in. Maybe they're a third-round pick. Guess what? Now they're a second-round pick if they have a good week. Maybe they're a fringe two. Guess what? You're a back half of the first-round guy and you make yourself a lot of money. The buzz and the narrative, this is where it kicks off. The train leaves the station in a hurry. Look at Quinn Miners, right? Like day one. John Michael Smiths. Yep. And, and who who was the other one? The guy who went to Tampa who retired early. He no, he was a com. He broke out at the combine. Um, small school, Division two, won a ring. Um, you are thinking of, um, Gadecki, I think is the name that you want me to pull here. Maybe no, no. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, this guy played at like my high school's rival high school in New York. It, but I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank. That doesn't matter. But a couple of linebackers I want to mention. Okay. Because you know we know CJ Mosley's getting long in the tooth. Oh. Um. And say his you know name. He's, I I think he's what's that? No, there's a name I want you to say. There's a name I want you to bring up. Well, I'm I'm gonna throw three out there because there's three that I love. And you again, you talk about guys that the, the chat's got us. Ali Marpet is who you're thinking of. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Chad. Um. A couple of you talk about guys who you you know you notice a year or two in advance. Okay. okay. Um, all three of these guys for me anyway. Yeah. Uh, I remember one guy against Tennessee really jumped out at me. But I think everybody, you got to love Tommy Eichenberg. There's the guy. That's Everyone's the guy. Everyone's got to love yep. Eichenberg. That's the guy. Cedric Gray, he's the guy against Tennessee. He looked really good in coverage. Big hitter. Um, They have some good linebackers at UNC. Um, I, think I, I think I know the third guy you're going to hit me with. Well, the third guy is, is somebody who I talked up quite a bit last year when I thought he was coming out. Injuries and age might hurt him, but Peyton Wilson, that guy's speed, his ability to, to prevent big plays, running guys down. There you go. Dylan was on it right before I was. Um. Those three guys, I love Eichenberg, Cedric Gray, and Peyton Wilson um, as at linebacker in this class. Yeah, I, it's a, it's an interesting group. Eichenberg was the name for me. I thought you were gonna hit you were gonna hit me with a Tyron Hopper because you would just watch Missouri Zoom. recently. Yeah, I thought I thought you were gonna hit me with that because you would just watch them. Uh, yeah, and he, and he is a good one. I, I didn't want to go with too many. I was trying to pick three, and I'm looking at his name, and I'm like, I, I thought about it, but he, again, he's another one. Hunter, see, that's a Georgia State guy. I haven't really seen him. Um, yeah, tough to say. But those three guys I really like. Um, and Brennan Jackson at edge at edge. Um, Washington State guy. Saw a lot of him last year watching Dan Henley, just a playmaker all over the place. Him and Ron Stone. I don't know if I don't know if Stone's coming out, but he's not at the senior ball. There's just there there's I mean this with all due respect. There's just dudes. There are just dudes that That's, show up to the senior ball and you go, I want that guy on my team. I want that guy on my team. I want that guy on my team. You I just, said on the you can do it all day long. Yesterday, I started a thread in the draft forums, and I looked at my list last year of my guys, and this year I had probably triple the number. And I was like, I'm sorry, there's so many guys, and it, I could be wrong, but it feels like there's like double the players this year. It feels like there's 300 players in Mobile. Yeah, it's, um, but uh, it, yeah, we're it, gonna we got a Dylan has jumped in here. Oh my, he's here. Let's we're go, talking my senior guy. bowl, so Dylan couldn't stay away. Got it, got it, right? You, you say senior bowl like three times, Dylan just appeared. Like, this is I the second appear. time he's the second time he's done this, and it's because we've been talking about the senior bowl. Exactly. Yeah. He's so like excited. the Undertaker. He's laying in bed. He just pops up like senior up. bowl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As you guys know, obviously, I got my uh, passes yesterday approved. So yeah, we we're over gonna, the we moon. Let you say that. So we'll, we we yeah. uh, we'll be there. Yep, Glenn and I will be there. We're definitely going to be doing 
tons of shows that week. But yeah, now I got to start the grind. I mean, I've been so out of it dealing with my own stuff, working, whatnot. But yeah, so excited to be back and, and getting knee deep into this stuff. You guys any, saying all these names, names you want to throw out there that we I haven't was just going to say, I just started listening. So I was like about halfway through your list. So I might take some, but you mentioned USC players, Chris, uh, Marshawn Lloyd. I'm really excited for him. Yeah. Malachi Corley, um, Troy Fontenau. I feel like he's kind of like a tweener tackle guard. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to slot in, but I think this week um, will be big for him. You mentioned Peyton Wilson. I put him in the chat and then we don't need cornerback, but Ennis Rakestraw, I think is going to, going to make some, and, some waves. <laughs> and I think he's got a little ver- versatility too. I think he can play a little bit of safety. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, where did I mention him? I think I'm um, play like a jet. Scott Mason, I did his show a few days ago and we were talking about prospects and I said, Ennis Rakestraw is uh is one to watch in mobile um as a db what about mike sanistro i i loved him i remember you guys talking about him on tdn as a matter of fact chris um <clears throat> converted wide receiver who just really looks the part and and looked the part early on it was sort of hard to believe he'd had so little experience at corner but he's super aggressive smaller guy can play nickel but i think he can line up outside if you need him there um you know athleticism is off the charts plays hard and um I, again, I'm I'm not saying they're taking a nickel early, but but the Michael Carter situation, having one year left on his deal and them needing to make room for people, has me kind of I'm I'm a little bit sort of raising an eyebrow when I see nickels. So this is this is I don't know why I didn't make this point earlier because it's it's so obvious when I say it out loud. But think of all of the the DBs that we're excited to see, and then think about all the wide receivers that we mentioned at the top of the show that they get to go battle against. Yeah. Like you're telling me you're not going to learn about these DBs when they're going up against uh, Malachi Corley, uh, Johnny Wilson, Tez Walker, Ricky Pearsall, uh, Brandon Rice, Jacob Cowing, uh, like uh, all, all the guys that we mentioned. Like you're going to learn. You're going to know. Is he a dude? Is he not a dude? You're going to know very quickly. Yeah. Malachi Corley is actually the guy that I used on the the, the wallpaper for the intro because he's um, I think he's he's one of the better yards after catch guys in this draft, and the Jets really could use a guy like that. I think that he's, um, you know, again going to Western Kentucky, a smaller program, probably prevents him from having a, a, as big a profile as he would if he had gone elsewhere. So, so I have a name for you guys, and I feel like he gets lost in the shuffle at Texas. But Jordan Jordan Whittington, what do you guys think about him? Because I feel like uh, I think it was Sarkeesian in the start of the 2022 season. I wrote this in my notes two years ago. Said I that Whittington this. was the best wide receiver yep. in their team. Obviously, it's changed since then, but on their team to start the season before injury was Jordan Whittington. So I, I mean, I'm excited to see him. Obviously, you have Ad Mitchell and Xavier Worthy ahead of him, but I don't know three good wide receivers out of Texas, and I think we might see the best one at mobile. When it's kind of interesting. When I saw his name on the list, it, and a couple times this year, when I've seen his name pop up in mocks and stuff like that, I always, I'm always like, what happened with him? I remember being really high on him a couple years ago. And I know he had some injuries, but I, I thought he, I thought he saw enough playing time to, to make some plays this year, but that just didn't happen. But yet for that reason, it's always fun. You know, whether it's the senior bowl or, or, you know, just regular season, it's always fun to track these guys who maybe, miss enough time to fall off of people's radars, but who can still play. Aniya mm-hmm. Smith from Texas A&M. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like what, are, like, what are we doing? This group is loaded. Mm-hmm. I, the more I, it feels as if they're adding names in real time that I'm just missing when I go through this. <laughs> While we're talking, they're just like, they're just adding names. I, I was going to say Aniya Smith, he was Texas A&M and so was Devon A-Chain, right? Like they just mm-hmm. had so yes. much explosion yep. last yes. year. Like just, it's crazy. Just the, 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 John, uh, the Jonathan Gannon. Just, just that that's that that's what the text text name tried to be yeah mm-hmm. yeah again and i think it you know you, you i heard someone say it the other day but i remember i think two three years ago i was listening to uh to Dan, daniel jeremiah say it and they were talking about you know it was another loaded wide receiver class and he just he's like this is going to be an every year thing now he's like all the best athletes in america want to play football good, yeah. and they all want to play wide receiver and every single year you're going to find starting caliber receivers on day two and three it's that's going to be the new norm until something changes and since then that kind of has been the case you're finding these guys all throughout the draft um and it's 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 good for teams like the jets who need a receiver they they could get one in the middle late rounds well and that's and that's where for me when we look at this from a forty thousand foot view right we're up in a plane and we're, we're looking at this from from an overhead perspective right it, offensive linemen aren't at that level where you feel super confident in being able to hit home run after home run after home run on day two. Whereas with wide receiver, 
you feel really good about being able to find an A.J. Brown on day two. Like You feel good about being able to find a very talented wide receiver on day two. So if I'm the Jets and I'm at number 10, I would steer the bucket to we need to get some offensive line help because I don't know when I pick in round three if I'm going to have the 13th, 14th, and 15th best. Would I rather have the 13th, 14th, or 15th best options at offensive tackle when I pick in round three or the 13th, 14th, and 15th best wide receiver options when I pick in round three? I think the answer with the with the data that we've been able to collect over the last five years is pretty clear. Give me the, the collection of wide receivers that I can get in that spot. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, uh, I say it all the time, you know, supply and demand, right? It's I, I always get frustrated when I hear people say things like, you know, if we should take the best running back at whatever spot because otherwise we're getting the fourth best tackle. And I'm like, but who's the better player? Like, if tackle is super deep that year, the fourth tackle might be better than the first. Pe- people obsess over the positional rankings pre-draft and say, I don't want the fourth best player. Dude, it's a super deep group, and in any other year, he might be the number one guy. Like, look at – like, my whole thing is, are you getting a starting caliber player who can get on the field quickly? Like, that's what I want. And if it means waiting till later and getting a guy and, – and your point – and again, that's sort of what Daniel Jeremiah was saying, and I've been saying since then, is that you can get receivers later. So, yeah, if you if you have a dire need for receiver and tackle, you better be taking that tackle early. Because it's a lot yeah. harder to find one of those guys than it is to find a receiver. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's the impossible. probability, the probability of finding a receiver after pick a hundred is much more significant than finding an offensive tackle after pick one hundred. So Puka yeah, Puka Nakua just set the rookie record for everything as a wide receiver. Yeah, he was a fifth round pick. Yeah, yeah. A fifth round pick. Now I think I think the league the league overthought that. I, I, I mm. he should have gone way higher than that. But it, the the truth is the truth. He was a fifth-round pick. Well, look, look at the numbers. Not just the numbers he put up. The numbers he – and I, I get that, you know, he, he did what he did. But look at undrafted rookie free agent Robbie Anderson when he was a Jet. How many times did we see Ryan Fitzpatrick overthrow him? Probably no fewer than six times on, like, what would have been 50-plus-yard touchdowns. Right. I mean, he was smoking guys. And you're watching him thinking, this guy went uh, – nobody, nobody drafted this guy. And all he's do- he's beating Richard Sherman like he's blowing past guys routinely as an undrafted rookie. That that's the equivalent of a left tackle coming in as an undrafted rookie and, and just embodying all world defensive ends, which you just don't see. Yeah, you're you're re- rarely ever going to see a tackle that's not a high pedigree pick for a second rounder become something at least immediately. And right. I feel like if we don't have something that becomes something immediately at the offensive tackle position. Not many fans are going to be happy, even by like week four with Aaron Rodgers, if he's you know still healthy, if we don't have an offensive tackle. So, yeah, I think attack 10 with offensive line, whatever you do with AVT, <clears throat> that kind of determines everything. I feel like he's going to end up being a tackle, but you have to attack 10, think an offensive line. And then if you go third and fourth rounders with wide receivers, you have a, a pretty good chance of getting some good names, even the ones on this list, if they make it to the fourth round. And I think another guy, you know, again, speaking of guys in Mobile that we want to see, um, tackles anyway, Ladarius Henderson out of Michigan. He was an mm-hmm. Arizona State transfer. Yep. Um, I watched him last year, and I thought he looked fantastic at guard. He transferred to Michigan. They moved him to tackle. Um, didn't didn't play it as high of a level as I expected, which is a little concerning because it is Michigan, and they're, they do a pretty solid job, I would say, of developing offensive linemen. So I was a little bit worried that he didn't play at a higher level. But also um, Javon Foster, who I mentioned, the tackle out of Mizzou, who's a little bit older but very experienced, tons of reps at a major program in the SEC. So he's a guy you look at and think maybe he's mature enough and has enough reps that he could kind of maybe doesn't have the highest ceiling but could step in a little earlier and give you some solid tackle play, be it as a a backup or a starter. But um, those are are my guys for now. Like I said, we could easily sit here and go through every single guy in the roster um, anyone we left out that you guys want to throw out there? Uh, I just, I'm sure I missed it, but you guys mentioned uh, Fuaga from Oregon State. I feel oh, like yeah. he's like the easiest oh, yeah. name to link oh, with yeah. the Jets at yeah. this point. Oh, and so. someone's asked in the chat, let's cover that. With a great senior bowl, could he vault himself into the top 10? Yes. I don't see 100%. why not. I mean, we're 100%. 10. We're 10, and I'd take him. So that's already yeah. top 10. So. It, and he says, could like a team like New Orleans jump us? Yeah, maybe. That's potential. I mean, depending on how well he does play, but 
I feel like there's also, you know, room for tackles to get exposed a little bit at the senior bowl. I feel like it's very defensive weighted, it, uh, so to speak. So I feel like we have to take a lot of that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can you see him jumping into the top 10 if he has a great week? Like, I, yes, that that's this is exactly what this week does. The senior bowl is for. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have a good week, you make yourself a lot of money. Like, and the senior bowl openly talks about this. If you come down here and you play extremely well, you are going to be picked very high and make a lot of money. Like it's just, that's the way it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, what better sales pitch is there than, than come do our thing and, and get, get yourself a, a, a bucket full of cash. Tank Dell was taken with the 69th pick. And I had, and I had before he got hurt, me, he, I, I love Dell and I had people killing me for, Oh, he's too small. He's going to take one hit and he's going to be the stop. Stop. This isn't a video game. You can't draft guys that small, but you can. Nico um, Collins was, was picked 89 out of Liberty who I liked, went to New England, led them in receptions. Where'd they get him? I don't even remember what round he went in. Nico Collins, Nico Collins, pick 89 for the Houston Texans. And I, yep. I'm just using the Houston Texans because thank that was in my mind because we were talking the senior bowl. But like the, the the two leading receivers on the Houston Texans, the two biggest threats that they had with C.J. Stroud, a quarterback, were picked in the third round outside of the top 60. Are, are the New York Jets or any team finding a starting left tackle or starting a right tackle with pick 69 or pick 89? I mean, no. It's Far less likely. Right. And Douglas was a six-round pick. So you yeah. can find people in in late rounds that will lead your team in stats that I mean, granted this the Patriots didn't look great, but I mean you have but something still, to hang you, your hat you on with a sixth round wide receiver. Position. Yeah, exactly. Um and again, that's that's what makes me hopeful. And that's why I I mean I wouldn't say I wouldn't take a receiver early on but it'd probably be if i'm prioritizing my needs it'd be the last of the of the things i would take because you got to be able to do more um significantly more than a guy who i can get later in the draft who is it a tank dell or a i mean listen if he had his head on straight elijah moore would have put on put up great numbers as a second round pick but as, as we've as we've said you get guys you know day two day three undrafted up and down the roster um just so happens um, none of them were on the Jets last year, with the exception uh, of Garrett Wilson. How's Rasheed Rice Alan doing? Lazard. The, how's Rasheed Rice doing for the Kansas City Chiefs right now? Yeah, yeah, he uh, and he and he turned it on too, right? Because I heard early on that he was mm -hmm. really having a rough time. He was he he and the entire Chiefs offense was struggling early on. Yeah, and look at Jackson Smith and Jigba. People were laughing at him at like after week two. Oh, thank God the Jets didn't take him. They dodged that bullet. It's like, I'm like dude, it's two games. He finishes <laughs> the year with 700 yards. Chris, you'll remember this from last year, but um, you mentioned Makai Blackman earlier. I think he was the only one that beat um, Jaden Reed in the one-on-one -on -one drills, yes. in the red zone drill. It was one one rep Jaden yep. Reed lost, all of Senior Bowl. Yeah. Look what he's doing in Green Bay. Like yeah, I, I was screaming I for this guy. It's Michael, crazy. Michael Wilson for the Cardinals. I know he got hurt, yeah. but was other than other than um, Trey McBride, was one of their better offensive weapons. Like I could sit here all day and give you example after example of just guys from like the last two senior bowls that were yep. wide receivers taken outside of the top 50 that are contributors for their team. And, and, and not like not contributing a little like big time. Yeah. You know, top huge three plays, in targets, yards, whatever. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah, so uh, it's, um, one, it's, one it, more it'll name. be a fun time. We're looking forward to it, but um, let's, let's go over. We, uh, we probably should have done this a little sooner, but we didn't. We'll knock it out. Now take a look. We're going to use spot rack. And we're going to look at upcoming Jets free agent players. Why would you use the wrong? Why would you use the less superior? <laughs> why would you do that? Because I Googled Jets free agents. And it's the first one that popped up. Yeah, but why would you not use the the premier? And I'm not sponsored by them. But for, for people who have followed me and have, have heard me on other shows, they know how I feel about this. Overthecap.com greater than sign spot rack or Spotrack or however it's supposed to be pronounced. I know how overthecap.com is supposed to be pronounced. And that's where you go to get this information. All right, we'll go right, to Jason's site. We'll go to Over the Cap. And he's a Jets fan. Like that's <laughs> that, like that's why you use OverTheCap.com. He was a uh, he he was a member on Jet Nation forever. In fact, hold on one second. Let's oh, no. see. Where's I the, have his uh... book sitting right here. There you go, crunching numbers. Love it. What are we looking at? Post June one cuts. 
Well, no, Glenn wants that Jets free agents. Glenn wants to talk about the Jets free agents that we should have them resign. And I, the first thing we need to do is uh, get so them who, up. Who should, who should they and should they not resign? Right. Well, the first thing we need to do is get them up from the $6.6 million in cap space that they currently have for 2024 before we discuss any of these players' returns. That's why, listen, the, the, the article behind me, I can't remember if I mentioned to you guys. Do you think there's a, ch- I, I don't think they have any choice whether they want to or not. Do you think Mosley goes? No. Do you think so? You think they? I mean, he's by far seventeen million. Nobody on the roster offers them bigger yep. savings than that. He's thirty-one years old. You've got Jamie and Sherwood, who's gotten better every single year. Do you say, look, man, we we got to carve out seventeen? Like they need many, many, many millions. They don't have many guys that can get them that. But CJ clearly top of the list, seventeen million. You don't think there's any chance he goes? No, I'm, I shouldn't say there's no chance. I mean, I hope that he gets at least one more year because I feel like he's played at a high enough level. Yeah, his coverage has dropped off. His speed is definitely not there anymore. But no, I think that they would like to keep him around. I don't know if there's anything they can do with his contract. But you said seventeen million savings. I mean, I look at like obviously not to get off track, but like. Lakin is 13 million savings. Gone. So I, I, it's one of the three, it's one of the three moves I've made. The hit? There's gone. a big hit with him. Five. Five point five after June 1st. So he's gone. Go, could cut Goodbye. both. He's no, a nice I'm, guy. And, and I agree, you definitely could cut both. Yeah. He's a nice guy. I, I'm really for him. I, I, I it's just not here. Not I hate here. when super nice guys aren't good players. Yeah, I'm sorry, but Lakin, you got to go. It is what it is. So yeah. if you if you post June 1 cut, CJ Mosley and Lakin Tomlinson, and you do a basic restructure on Quinn Williams' deal. I can get the Jets to $48.1 million in cap space. And that's it. I've just done three moves. That's not bad. So, so and then you got I mean, you got to decide if you're bringing back which is, which Donna is, McGovern. In Chuck reality, Clark. That's, that's two free agents. I was going to say, I'm writing down a list of players that I think they need to retain. Because there's actually quite a bit of players that they should retain. I mean, really. really there tr- are some guys who aren't great. But they're small, but they're they're gonna small targets. They're gonna make. They're not gonna make much money. They're gonna know the system. So here, here's the list for me. I'm gonna throw names at you, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree, and then we can stop if we want to debate them. I Connor, think. Connor McGovern probably should be considered. Okay, nine. I have we, nine. We, yes, no on Connor McGovern. Now, now I forgot about him. So I have Connor nine. McGovern yes. should be what? You, you should bring him back. Yeah, yeah but if you get him on, yeah, absolutely. Veteran because backup for small money. Veteran I, I backup back. if. If something happens and you got to kick Tipman out to guard, you have yep. a veteran center that you can trust. I think that's an easy one. Chuck Clark? Yes, 100%. We don't know what Chuck, we don't know what Chuck 200%. Clark is in this Jets system, but I, I think I'd like Chuck to see Chuck Clark in the Jets system. Best safety on the team. Back. I think because yeah. he doesn't make a lot of money and they're, they're okay. weak at safety, and they, the fact he's so versatile, the fact that he can use, move him around so much, I think he stays. I probably should have said this guy first. Greg Zerline needs to be back on the New York Jets yes. in 2024. ASAP. Yep. Like it, the fact that he's a free agent right now bothers me. Yes. yes. Him and Morstead. Let's put that out yes. there. They're both. They're both on number one. And, and then two. there's then there's just a group of guys that I could go either way on. Billy Turner, Solomon Thomas, Bryce Hall, Makai Becton, Ashton Davis, Bryce Hall. All right, you definitely get Ashton Davis from me. As I think the, Ashton Davis, the resident back. truther of Ashton Davis on this podcast. I mean, listen, he did not he, deserve the yellow tier bucket, Chris. We need to he, talk about he this. Play, listen, he did not. He played his best football this year. He wasn't great. No, he absolutely did. I will agree there. He so, I mean, <laughs> again, we're, if we're talking backups, and again, who's he's he's improving. He he did get better this year. And I thought he, I'd written him off. I thought he was gone. Um, yeah. I didn't think he was going to make the roster. To be honest, but he the made New the York roster. Jets played sparingly. Love to make Ashton he played, Davis he played well. He was a stud on specials. I think Ashton Davis comes back. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm listen. He's not going to cost a ton, so I'm good with that. Yeah, you have me with Bryce Huff. Obviously, that's probably priority one after Greg. Uh, probably priority one A. Why are you timing out? What you're not about Huff? You're going to tell me that they shouldn't retain Huff. I love. I, I don't think it's about whether they should. I think it's about whether they can. I love Bryce. Yeah, yeah. I think Bryce Huff should be task rushing for the New York Jets. I will present it this way: Do they give him the 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 second round tender? And let him walk and get a second round pick. What's more, what is more valuable to the 2024 New York Jets? Bryce Huff being the fifth option in that pass rush rotation or a second round pick that could potentially get them a starter at a very important position? That's all I'm saying. Bryce Huff. That's all I'm saying. 
I think it's Bryce Huff. I, and I think it's the second, what, I think it's the second round pick. And and I yeah, and I can totally see that because if you landed a stud wide receiver with that second round pick or whatever you did with it, even you you know you go scorched earth Glenn's take and, and trade back up into the first round and you he, don't he use did it again on the show. He did it again it, earlier in the show. He traded the first round pick again. I said there are two things that Glenn loves more than anything this offseason: Brock Bowers and the setting trading the twenty twenty five first but just on, so on we're fire. Clear, only this offseason because I hate trading future picks. I That's hilarious. It. But this but team that, is in a you unique could situation. Do that. You, They've got yeah, a quarterback with a year or two left out on his on his career. They've got a GM who's got to win now or he's fired. Um, so they got to pull out all the stops and make it happen. Get as many players now as they can. Yeah, but Joe Douglas listen, might I, not be picking that 20 for 25 pick. So what's that? He Joe exactly. Douglas might not be making but, that 2025 pick. The interesting That's thing, though, I thought about this today. Does Woody sign off on that? I don't Does think Woody he saying, can. uh-uh, you're not giving that pick up. My new GM yeah. might need that if we don't win this year. So he might yeah. not have that option. Yeah. Quite the entanglement at one Jets drive, it seems. So, but Bryce, yeah, no. So, so Bryce, the Bryce, Bryce thing is he's he's going to be an unrestricted free agent, right? Yeah, he's not a restricted yeah. free agent. That, that was last year. So they have to put the franchise tag on him or the transition tag. It's one of those two, right? They don't have the RFA tag at their disposal. I don't no. think they could because they did, they did it last year. But I think they would. I think you franchise tag him and try to trade him. Yes, I think so, too. If you're going to move off two? of him. You have to trade him because you can't just let him walk. He's a UDFA. He doesn't account for the comp pick formula. It's you, you got to get something for Bryce Huff. If they just let him walk, that's just that's malpractice. <laughs> uh, I, c- forgive me because I should know the answer to this. What is the difference between the franchise and the transition tag? I think one is top five of the position and one is top 10 of the position. Well, I think, well, I think trend, I think franchise is top 10 the first time you tag them and top five the second time you tag them. It's or, or 120% because of last year's. Contract. There's a $3 million difference between what the franchise tag um, and the transition tag will be for next year, at least according to the over the cap. Yeah, transition is always a lower number. I forget the exact specifics, but I know that the franchise is the top 10 money average. Okay, I have it right here. The franchise tag is the top average, top five average annual salary. Highest paid at the position. Transition is tag is to top to 10. Yeah. So if you franchise tag them a second year, it's still top five average or 120% of last year's salary, okay. whichever is greater. I sure. knew it was more the second time you did it. I thought it was but, top 10 and then top five. Okay. But what's the difference? What's the like? If I was a team, then I would always use the transition tag over the franchise tag because it's less money. There's got to be a catch that I'm forgetting. I have the book over here. I can just go look at it, but I'm forgetting uh, something. About yeah, there works. might be a catch to it that I'm not. I'm not getting. I, I was looking at it. This is based off like what I have written for like fifth year tags and Pro Bowls and like the equivalent of like one Pro Bowl is the franchise tag, two Pro Bowls is transition or whatever it was. So the transition tag appears to be the thing that the Ravens did with Lamar, right. where a team can okay. offer them the can then can but talk then they to have them, a, right but the Jets refusal. have the right of first refusal. Okay. I believe so that, that's tag. what I would do. I would transition tag Bryce Huff, get a number from another team. I mm-hmm. you know he's gonna take whatever number that is because it's gonna be like 18. I don't know someone's how much you guys him, yeah. someone's gonna pay him to play like 65% of the snaps. Whether that's good or bad for Bryce Huff, we don't know, but the Jets aren't gonna match that because they want to play him 45% of the snaps, right? Maybe 50% of the snaps. So yeah, it is it's, it's tough. It's going to be tricky, but you have yeah, to get something I think, if he I doesn't think account for the, point, the comp though, picks. I think for the Jets right now, with McDonald waiting in the wings, with J.J. developing, I think that second-round pick has more value than Huff does to the Jets because they view that as a starting player, possibly a starting mm-hmm. lineman, whatever it may be. Um, but I love Huff. I mean, and I've been saying for weeks now, like I don't want people to conflate me saying I think they'll deal him with saying I want him dealt. I think Correct. he's a really good player, but Correct. for what this team needs right now, like they need as many guys who are going to play – you know, every down as possible. And, 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 and let's be honest, guys, what other trade chips does this team have? At their That's the other part of it. What, that, what are your that other are actually assets? movable? Maybe JFM. Maybe I was going to say maybe. Yeah. Okay. At, at best, you're getting a three for JFM. Right? A, 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 yeah. I was going to say you're probably, well, and someone said in the chat and I, we talked about it. The, maybe DJ Reed. I think DJ Reed might get you a three. Okay. So, so instead of, so then we have three third round picks and we, and we would need a corner and then we would need another pass rusher. So you're just Mm -hmm. like, to me, I don't want to move those guys and add third round or, you know, third round or later picks. Yeah. And and then just have, I'm not saying trade all of them. I'm just, and have more needs and have more needs to address the second round pick. I can at least wrap my head around of like, okay, the Jets are going to get an impact player 
I can feel good about where they sit at the pass rush position if they can trade Huff for at least a second. Then there's an opportunity to do something. Mm-hmm. That yeah, guys, yeah. people need to. Wild wave. I'm not. I'm not picking on you. I'm not. I'm, I apologize. The New York Jets are not getting anything tangible for Zach Wilson. It's not happening. A six. A six if they're lucky. A six in <laughs> in everybody's wild. And they're dream. giving back a seventh. Right. It's a pick swap. <laughs> yeah. Um, two names you did uh, leave off your list, I believe, um, and then a third one that I think will probably get everybody really happy. Okay, oh, um, love that. Quentin Jefferson, I feel like he should be back. He had a good year. This. <clears throat> um, Justin Hardy, I think he should be back. I know um, people were trying to get rid of him this past year, but the special teams was you know affected when he was out with that hamstring injury. Irv Charles let up that uh, punt return touchdown against the Chargers, and I was there to see that, and that was really upsetting. Um, I did have Al Woods, but I think he's a little too old. I think he might retire depending on his injury status. But the one that I like a lot, and I really think he should come back, is Jordan Whitehead. Stop it. <laughs> I just I needed to see the reaction. He, he had he he, 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 he went to that come whole back. thing. He went you know he's coming back. Knowing that that was how he was going to land the plane on that bit. He's coming he back. Ex- the coaching staff loves him. He's coming back, whether we no. like it or not. No, he can't. I it's going to be watch a him. decent deal. It's going to be like, what did he have? Seven years, a two-year, 15 deal. Um, So maybe like four, four and a half for him to come back on a one-year deal. And they're going to have him back. And it's going to be him and Chuck Clark. That's what I think. I think Clark will be back. I don't think I don't think Whitehead will be back. Yeah, I I really think they just. Although, if Whitehead tells Robert staff. Sala, I will not be your friend anymore if you don't re-sign me, then he might. Solomite pressure Joe D and be like, Joe, I'm looking at my friends list. I can't afford to lose any, you know, um, and, and maybe, maybe that happens. But um, I, I think, I think there's, there's some safeties in this class. I like, we didn't even really talk about senior, senior bowl safeties. Um, but there, there's a couple guys that I really like. Uh, Bo Braid um, mm-hmm. out of Maryland is a good the Miami one. guy. He's uh, kitchens, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cam Kitchens He's the big is another name. one. Mm-hmm. Um, Hicks at another Washington state defender who just seems to be around the ball all the time. Um, so they there's have some, a there's Ohio state guy too, I believe. Um, is it Proctor Proctor? I think Josh Proctor. Yeah. From yeah. Ohio state, Ohio state. Yeah. So there's definitely some talent. Somebody says, so uh, what about Becton? What are you guys doing with Becton? Keeping in mind how bad this free agent so, class is. So, so you just said that Robert Sala can't lose any friends on the team. Can Aaron Rodgers lose any Beckton. friends on the team? I don't know if they're <clears> He loves Mekhi Becton. No, he says he loves Mekhi Becton. Mekhi Becton told the world that Robert Sala's coaching staff made him coach when he made him play when he was hurt. I I think that this year showed everybody, including Aaron Rodgers, that he's not a dependable left tackle next year. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants him to be his left tackle next year. So I don't yeah. think you I don't I don't know. Depends on what he wants, but I don't think you could even bring him back on a team friendly deal based off last season's comments. Could you hit him with a second round tender? You restricted? Let me look. Mm. I'm, I'm looking. I know he's an unrestricted free agent, so you can't do that. Oh, okay. Mm. We'll see then. We'll see what happens yeah. with Becton. Did we miss anyone? Any big names to discuss that we uh that slipped up, that slipped through the cracks? I don't think so. I think we're good. No, nope. Carl Lawson. Yeah. It's fair to say he's gone. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they only inactive. held on to him with the hopes of getting a comp pick. Um, you know, for the other guys, they were letting go, letting Michael Carter go, and and uh, letting Dalvin Cook go. But they weren't getting it. Those guys aren't getting deals elsewhere. That's going to get them a comp pick. I think maybe they viewed Carl Lawson as like, look, he's he may not be playing, but he's still an edge rusher. If guys want to go out there and get him. And get us a, um, a day three comp pick. Let's go for it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at one name here, and I mean, very small fish. Um, you're talking less than what you'd bring McGovern back for, obviously. But Jake Hansen, if you want just like a literal offensive line number eight, number nine, you know, Joe Douglas said he's not making the mistake of walking into next season without ten O linemen next year. Is Jake Hansen one of our test ten best O linemen? Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I haven't had the chance to go back and watch it, but I was thinking the other day, and I, I said it, We, I thought, you know, one of, the, one of the very few silver linings that could come out of this season is that you're getting to audition like nine guys who you otherwise wouldn't see getting live reps, right. and you might find a backup. And Hanson, I think if you go back and watch the Houston game, I thought he was good enough in that game, and I thought, all right, if, if this guy's coming along and he could be a guy that's a backup next year, 
why the hell not? Like that, that could be one of the few, like I said, positive developments of, of the team being terrible and injured is that you're getting a look at guys who, I mean, let's face it. The guy wouldn't have even been on the roster, let alone starting football games. And, um, I thought he looked all right against Houston and, and kind of came along as, as the season went on. Yeah. Last year he made $940,000 one year, $1 million. Like just, you know, to have that depth that has experience starting in the NFL, it's not the end of the world as opposed to like we were talking about earlier, a fourth, fifth, sixth round offensive lineman that you really don't know what they are. So I think it's interesting. He is a restricted free agent. So there's probably other things they could do with him. I, this is weird. Javelin Gidry is listed as a wide receiver. I was a big fan of Javelin Gidry Me too. It, coming into the season. I know he got hurt right before the uh, yeah, I thought he would. Uh, I thought he would play. Yeah, there was um, – I, I kept saying he was going to make the final 53 up until he got hurt. I really thought he was going to. I thought they were going to you know, get rid of somebody like a Bryce Hall. Uh, he had the versatility. They, they had him play outside a couple years ago. And yeah, he, he has tons great, of experience. He terrible. He can play the yeah. slot. Yep, special you know, teams four, as well. Two, six or whatever it is. Yeah. So they yeah, have some – All right, well, let's, let's wrap it up then, fellas. That's – uh. Senior Bowl and like what I don't know twelve days thirteen I don't even know but it's soon I gotta get my I gotta pack a bag or something. Uh, well, I'll be there in twelve days. Yep, twelve days from today. All right. Well, then I I think I get there a couple days before you. So uh, yeah, you're there for like forty seven days in a row. So <laughs> you were explaining. Uh, well, I'm not, we're not going to go into detail, but folks, Glenn was explaining to us his itinerary, and I, and I legitimately believe it's twelve days long. Like I think he has to leave tomorrow. <laughs> I'm actually there now. This is all yeah, photos. Yeah, he's yeah. actually in Mobile. He's he's photo. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Lad Pebble Stadium from my window right now, waiting for the lights to come on. It's gonna be yeah. a blast, dude. Yeah, it should be a good time. Uh, lots to talk about from there, before there, after <clears> there. That'll wrap it up for this one, Jets fans. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one, Jets fans.